The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, I'm Head Pastor Blehan Jr. and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. I landmarked in Kali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We do hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will start off today's Easter telecast with a wonderful song entitled, Like Him, We Shall Rise. They will be accompanied by Teatro Summers on the piano, Rose Bahagakar on the organ. Our Lord is the great victor that conquered death, hell, and the grave. 
He rose triumphantly from the dead and reigns forevermore. All glory and praise goes to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen.
The church band under the direction of Yosh Shula will play the song titled, Because He Lives. Our Lord and Savior lives today in our hearts. He is a still small voice that is all-consuming and faithfully by our side. When the path grows dim, just remember that He's only a prayer away.
Rose Walker Carter will give the Lord all the praise and glory singing the spirit-inspiring song, There is a Fountain. Doing her background music will be Iris Locke on the piano, Associate Pastor Trustee Evans Boat Sr., Mason Asylum Sr. on the guitars. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank the Lord for his great mercy and compassion. We thank the Lord for his supreme sacrifice, bringing us salvation full and free. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, washed all my sins Shall be till 
The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled 10,000 Angels. They will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. We praise and thank the Lord for the gospel of the kingdom of God. We preach the self-same gospel that Jesus preached on the shores of Galilee. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Please feel free to follow and sing along with the choir as you see the words on your screen.
And now members of the flute section of the church band will come together to give the Lord all the praises and glory with a medley of songs in love for me and all the blood of Jesus. They will be accompanied by yours truly on the piano. The Lord has promised us a year of peace, joy, and happiness. On this blessed Easter day, let us claim that victorious promise and rejoice in the fact that the Lord is here with us in spirit and in truth. He will never leave us nor forsake us.
associate pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn will now blend their voices to an uplifting song titled Rise Again. They will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, Sally Sparkaff on the flute, and Cherie Sparkaff on the violin. The coming of the Lord is near at hand. We need to hold on together for just a little while longer. Soon and very soon we will rise again and see our glorious King and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a faithful brother in Christ who's none other than trusty associate past heaven's spoke senior Akane Hawaii. May the Lord continue to strengthen and pour forth His bountiful blessings upon you as you put your shoulders to the gospel wheel. Your prayers and love for the Lord are precious in His sight. We pray that you will have a wonderful Easter Sunday. There's no power on earth can keep me 
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time station locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts are now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on channel KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you would like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, Gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneras Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai every, every Sunday of the month at our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloha, Hawaii by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan and by Pastor Vesper Espera and President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. It is you, viewers. The Bible is an amazing and formidable resource and tool. And if you have not yet made the discovery, I want to assure you that it is filled with material that is necessary to sustain a strong spiritual life and special ways on how you can serve and please God. If your Bible has been pushed aside for a long while, why not brush off the dust on it and begin to reinstate it right now as I present my sermon and invite you to join me today in the reading of God's Word. What a wonderful way to begin the message the Lord has given me and which I have entitled, Rejoice, Jesus is Alive. Rejoice, Jesus lives. And because He lives, we too shall live. We can face tomorrow unafraid. 
The triumphant risen king has gone before us. He holds our future securely in his nail-scarred hands. If his body had remained in the tomb, we would have no hope beyond the grave. Death would always cast a long, ugly shadow on all of us. But Jesus rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. Now death is no longer the final end. It is the door to everlasting life. He has promised, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We have followed Jesus through the Bible, all the way from cradle to grave. We have heard him preach the greatest sermons ever. There is no preacher like him, nor anyone after him. He preached in power and demonstration of his Holy Spirit. We have seen him perform wonder-working miracles. We have seen him go through suffering and sorrow for our sake. We have seen him die on Calvary to save us from our sins. We have seen him buried in Joseph's new tomb. Does he still there lie dead in the tomb? Does the story end there? Is that all of Christ? Shall we see him no more? Will his body return to dust? Will not the prophecy be fulfilled? Is this the end? Will the one who raised others from the grave be conquered by death? The answer is no. No tomb on earth could hold the body of him who made the earth and made man in his own image. He will not be subject to the grave. He will burst the bonds of death in the grave and come back to live forevermore. On the day that Jesus was crucified, we find that Joseph and Nicodemus were present. We read in John 19, 38 to 41, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh, aloes, and about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulchre, where never man was yet laid. The disciples had probably been there for the burial. No one believed that they would ever see him alive again. His death was a final and horrendous thing. As they turned from the grave, their love and their hopes were buried with Jesus. Now Christ had repeatedly told them that he would rise again, but the idea went right over the heads. Read in Matthew 20, 18-19, in which Jesus tells of his coming death and resurrection. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. It was unthinkable that a man could breathe his last breath and come back to later to live as before. The disciples put their thought out of their minds. Now let us leave the disciples for a moment and go back to the tomb. It was just about sunrise on Sunday morning. We read in Matthew 28, 1-2. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dun toward the first weekday of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. A great miracle had taken place. A great earthquake had shaken that part of the cemetery and an angel had come down and rolled the stone away from the door. Unfortunately, it may take a great earthquake to roll the stone away from the stony heart of unbelieving Christ Jesus. Sometime during this period, Jesus had risen from the dead. He had taken off the grave clothes and left the tomb. Now when these women arrived at the tomb, the angels spoke to them. Reading Matthew 28, 5-6, And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And I can just imagine the women as they stooped down and entered the tomb. The angel was right, the place where he lay, but he was not there now. There were the grave clothes lying where he placed them. Thus the women left the tomb, filled with mixed emotions. They were filled with fear. They were afraid that the angel's message wasn't true. They were afraid that his body had been stolen. 
On the other hand, they were filled with joy and speakable and full of glory. For surely he had to be alive as he had the angel had said. Now, in spite of their fears, these two women must have believed as they were told. We read in seven, verses 7 and 8. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. We must always remember that the women were the last at the cross and the first at the tomb. How happy they must have been. They were sure now that Jesus was alive. Their hearts burst with joy. Read the ninth and tenth verses. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail, and literally, O joy. And they came and beheld him by the feet. Worship him. They said, Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. I am so thrilled that the women found the tomb empty. You go to Mecca, and they say, Mohammed is a prophet, and here he is in his grave. And they show you a tomb decorated with millions of dollars worth of rubies, sapphires, diamonds. But the true born-again Christian can shout and praise the Lord. Jesus is my only Savior, and his tomb is empty. He is not a dead Savior. He is a living Savior. As you read in Isaiah 43, 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. In China, we tell the idolatrous Asians that the empty tomb is what distinguishes the true Christianity from all other religions. The founders of all other religions have died. None of them have ever come back from the dead. Most of them regret to maintain a good standard of ethics, but none of them ever came back from the dead to enable their followers to live up to those high standards. Thus, Jesus became not only our founder, but also our savior. No other religion can call their founder a savior. Luke tells us in Acts 1, 2, 3, Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he threw the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by men, fallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. At that time, Jesus preached the selfsame gospel that he preached for three and a half years on the shores of Galilee. Now Jesus' resurrection guarantees ours. He said, Because I live, ye shall live also. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slipped. Christ was the first to be raised into an endless life over which death could have no power. Some had been raised from the dead previously, but they tasted death again. Death had no dominion over Christ because he was sinless. Here's the resurrection, the first fruits, and the raising of true born-again believers is what the resurrection will harvest. You pick fruits from a tree when they have ripened, then later go back and pick the remaining fruits as they ripen. Thus Jesus was the first, and we shall follow him out of our graves and into the mansions above. Therefore, you should have no fear of death and what is beyond it. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-14, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Things are far better for us over there than here. Jesus and our loved ones and all our things beautiful, wonderful, and blessed awaits us over here. As I mentioned earlier in my sermon that our resurrected Lord reached that selfsame gospel that we preach today. For 40 days, the risen Lord had been instructing the apostles of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, teaching from the scriptures. Listen to Luke 24, 47 and 48. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And it began with Peter's sermon in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, as you read in Acts 2, 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, whom he hath crucified, both Lord and Christ. Yes, it was clear that Jesus was the Messiah. No message could have been more important to the Jews who had rejected his messianic claims and crucified him. While Peter preached in power and the of God's Holy Spirit, 
They that heard were pricked in their hearts and asked men and brethren, what shall we do? And the same question should be in the hearts of people today. What must I do to be saved? Listen to Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the Spirit of God fell upon the 120 believers, among them Mary the mother of Jesus, who tarried in the upper room for 10 days, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, forming the first church on which Christ was and still is the head. Peter gave the greatest altar call of all time. Three thousand souls accepted the Lord and were baptized in the name of Jesus. We read in the 41st verse, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about three thousand souls. Praising God, they had all things common and were acceptable to all the people. The Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. The word common is sometimes called first century communism. It is different from today's kind of communism. The early Christians were unselfish and unreasoned. What's mine is yours. Today's selfish communism claims what is yours is mine. Outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. We read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Today, there are many noble and upright people who believe that their good lives will get them a home in heaven, but that it is not so. Read in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, it reads, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. To be born of the Spirit is to speak in tongues or in an unknown language. Thus we see by the scriptures that baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So choose you to say whom you will serve. The broad way leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to eternal life. The choice is yours. Physical death for the believer is called sleep because his body may be awakened at any moment. This same Jesus in his glorified body will literally not spiritually come for his own. As for the dead in Christ, there will be no grave so deep, no catacomb, no pyramid, no mausoleum so thick which the sound of the trumpet of God will not be able to penetrate. And the dead in Christ shall hear the cry, Awake, ye sleeping saints, arise from death. It is morning, the morning of the first resurrection, for blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death will be of no consequence. As to the living, someday there is going to be a number of missing persons on this earth. There will be among the elite whom the Lord calls first. Do you want to be among them? You can, you know. Just prepare to meet thy God by obeying his commands, and his commands are not grievous. Now we remember some, that some Roman soldiers had been placed in the cemetery to guard the tomb. The things that happened when Jesus rose from the dead scared them. After all, not only was there an earthquake, but angels came down from the sky and rolled the huge stone away. What could they do? They ran back and told all the religious leaders about what had transpired. Now, if these soldiers had gone around tongue telling what had happened, the people would have accepted Christ as the Messiah. And these religious leaders would have lost faith in their prestige. They had to do something quickly. They had devised a scheme to keep the people from believing that Christ had risen. They bribed the Roman soldiers, as you read in Matthew 28, 12 to 15. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money to the soldiers, saying, Say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we'll persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. 
but I would like to ask you a question. If Jesus is still dead, who is it that has made such a tremendous impact on the world over the past 20 centuries? Who has influenced the minds and hearts of some of the greatest people who ever lived? Who is he that came in such a humble way into our hearts, purifying and giving us peace and hope? Then man can't do any of this. Jesus did it all and more. He's alive. Thank God he's alive. The disciples met Jesus in Galilee. What a meeting there must have been. How their hearts must have burned within them as they touched him and talked to him. Now he was ready to give him the greatest commission on earth. Read Matthew 28, 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He had been given a name that is above every name, as you read in Philippians 2, 9-11. Wherefore God also, also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now in that name his disciples were to evangelize the world. Listen to Mark 16, 15, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are to tell men of every race, creed, and color about the gospel of the kingdom of God, for God is no respect of persons. The Lord did commission the disciples to baptize. Read Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. However, the word is in the singular, the name, not names. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost all rest in the final name of the one true God, who is Christ Jesus. Furthermore, Father is not a name, Son is not a name, and Holy Ghost is not a name. There are only titles. Jesus instructed the disciples to baptize people in the name, and that name is Lord Jesus Christ, the only redemptive name for today and forever. There is no place in the Bible where anyone was baptized according to Matthew 28, 19. They were all baptized according to Acts 2, 38, as previously mentioned. Besides, there is no promise of the remission of sins or receiving the Holy Spirit or healing of the body in Matthew 28, 19. When one baptizes in Acts 2 through 8, he is fulfilling Matthew 28, 19 by being buried in the name of Jesus. As Paul tells us in Colossians 2, 9, For in him, that is Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 3, 17 tells us, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. When the resurrected Lord gave his command, he added a promise in Matthew 28, 20. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And we find there are signs that follow the true church, as you read in Mark 16, verses 17, 18, and 20. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That was manifested on the day of Pentecost. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Are these signs following your church viewers? If not, Jesus imparts in John 5, 39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. While on tour, an individual, individual was converted. In testifying about it, he said, I knocked at the door of Buddha, and all that I heard was the hollow echo of the tomb. I knocked at the door of Muhammad, but there was no answer. I knocked at the door of Confucius, but the dust of the centuries had gathered upon his tomb, and there was no answer. Then I knocked at the door of Jesus Christ and found him to be alive. He came to the door of my heart and offered me eternal life with him. I invited him in. He saved me and set my heart rejoicing. Thank God for a living Savior. 
We're not saved by doctrine or a religion, but by a person, a living person, and his name is Jesus. Do you know him? Without the resurrection of Jesus, his death upon the cross would have been worse than a failure. He kept his promise to come back. Even as the late General MacArthur kept his promise to return to Manila and liberate his comrades in World War II. We can say to the world, because he is risen, we too shall rise. The resurrection of Jesus Christ can mean spiritual life to you now and immortal life in a glorified body in the time to come. And it is yours if you believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. Have yourselves a happy Easter. The church band will close today's program with the song, Death Had No Terrors.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.